First John chapter one verse three. So we'll start from verse one. Let's see the start verse one. That which we have seen and heard. Is it that which we uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, that which we have seen, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. Verse two, for the life was manifested. And we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Now, one of the things about the early church, all right, looks like this camp I've been going inside small. I should go in there. I hope I've not confused anybody's child. So, this verse, one of the things about the Apostle John, all right, and the early church was that they know your credibility because remember that those times they did not have Bible. So, if any of the disciples or the people who follow Jesus, if any of them wanted to know who should we listen to as pertaining this one, this subject or that subject, they will be looking for the people who were closest to Jesus. Are you getting it? Now, it's even in, in, in normal setting. That is what we are more likely to do. If someone comes to you and say, Pasinok said this. You are more likely to believe somebody that you see always walking with Pasinok. True or false? So during those times, because there was no Bible, the way they know the credibility of the speaker or the person who is talking is by how close the person was to Jesus. So you will see that a lot of time in the epistles of these different people in their writings they try to prove that they should be listened to so John is trying to prove Peter also proved his own he wrote that we were with him on the mount when the excellent glory appeared Peter was trying to tell that you, you, you guys listen to me because you know you were not there when Elijah and and Moses appeared. I was there. So I am a real apostle because I saw him. Then John 2 comes on the scene and says that you guys you don't know. That was his verse. He said that which we uh, from verse 1 that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes he says which we have looked upon he said, and even our hands have handled. He said, we touch him, I touch Jesus. The Bible called John the disciple that Jesus Christ loved. During communion, he put his head on the breast of Jesus. How many pastors can do it today? 
They are too anointed for anybody to hug them. But John went to put his head on the breast of Jesus. He must have been a DB. Another person who would have gotten the credibility to write like that was James, but he was killed. The book of James was not written by the James who was with Peter, James, and John. That James is not the one who wrote the book of James. He was killed. The James who wrote the book of James was the half-brother of Jesus. So the, the James who would have gotten the credibility to write about Jesus was killed. So when Paul started his ministry and he was claiming to be an apostle, there was a lot of contention with it. So when you see things like James writing, you say you have faith. Show me your faith by your works. What you don't realize is that it's actually a banter. It was actually a banter. They were replying Paul's message. So Paul 2 in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he begins up by also proving his apostleship. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus? If he says because you have seen me too, I saw him. But the beautiful thing about God is, even though it looks like messages, two separate messages that are opposite themselves, God used two imperfections to create a perfection. So, Paul will talk about faith by saying, James is trying to banter him by saying, works. God takes the two and says, yes, saying and works. So, it looked like an imperfection. God was able to create a perfect thing. The Bible calls the Bible the perfect law of liberty. was able to create a perfect thing through an imperfection. Now, that goes to show us something that God can use mistakes to be a tool. Let's go back to John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Okay, before I go to the, the, the second part of it, let me say this. Paul is saying, the one that we have seen and heard is the one we declare. That means, if you declare anything you have not seen and heard, it is void. Then he says, we also bear witness. You, you only see, you only declare what you have seen and heard. That ye may also have fellowship with us. Then he says, and truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Strength, I need to understand this. Strength, as a Christian, strength begins always with your fellowship with Jesus. I told you from the first day, a Christian who does not have intimate times with God will burn out. The Bible says that in the last days, it will be hard to be a Christian. He said in the last days, perilous times shall come. Other versions say, in the last days, it will become hard to be a Christian. Why? Because there's nothing in the air that is supporting Christianity. Since we were children, Santa Claus was a very nice person. Now, Santa Claus is a gay. You've not seen it? Oh, my friend. Santa Claus, we said recently, Santa Claus got a boyfriend. Yeah. They know what they are doing. Now, if we, at least yesterday, when we were singing the Presbyterian, most of you could sing it. I mean, it shows that to some extent, we still have a certain background of the pure faith. 
You can imagine if you give birth to a child now. At least you saw the real Santa Claus. After a while, they are transitioning. So you can immediately say, I'm stopping at this side. The rest, you can continue. So if you now give birth to a child, and the child starts with seeing Santa Claus, as a, it will be very hard to be a Christian. Because it's not like he knows the wrong thing and says that I'm taking the right path. That person is born to see the wrong thing as normal. Pastor Chris always tells us, we are at war. We are at war with many things. It's not like a joke. I was going to buy something online, gender. I saw 25 genders. You know, before I thought those things were jokes, like they were just joking. One of the genders, one of the I saw I love was spiritualist. How does that have to do with, with gender? Second <laughs> Timothy 3, verse 17, he says, You may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days, it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. So we, we, we actually need strength for these times. The scripture says that it is, you know, because, because we are approaching the, 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 the rapture of the church, the scripture says that as we are approaching the rapture of the church, it says that it will be important that the days are cut short. Otherwise, even the elect, Bible says in the last days, there will be a great falling away. Great falling away. Somebody you knew at SU. Very, very committed spiritual guy. When he's praying, unless he puts one hand on his right ear and they put a towel <laughs> on their shoulder. When you see him, and they cannot say spirit until they add it. Spirit. <laughs> so the spirit was telling. Spirit. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord was telling me. Ah, I don't know. I don't know why they breathe in. The spirit of the Lord was telling me. <laughs> the day hiccups, hiccups will come. <laughs> spirit. Speaking tongues. Pray. Very, very spiritual guy. Then one day, you see him somewhere you're not supposed to see him. He says that he's no longer a Christian. All right. So he says that in the last it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. He said, because men shall be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. So you can see there's a very big problem with loving yourself. Okay. The TLB says, for people who only love themselves and their money. So when you tell them that, when you give your tithe or you give to the kingdom, you're frustrated. I want to take my money. He said people only love themselves and their money. They will be proud and boastful, sneering at God. I think we are in those times now. But you know, in every generation, God has people who love him. Like it's Christmas, people are sitting over here. Ah. I'm sure God is very happy right now. I'm even happy on his behalf. Sneering at God. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful to them. And thoroughly bad. That's three. Thoroughly bad. <laughs> they will be hard-headed. And never give in to others. They will be constant liars and troublemakers. And will think nothing of immorality. They will be rough and cruel. And sneer at those who try to be good. Right now, if you want to be trolled, do a good thing. If you want to be trolled, do a good thing. So we go to the book of John again. He says, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus. 
a Christian who does not have personal times, whether a pastor, whether a leader, you need to have your personal times with God. Your personal in intimate fellowship with God. That is the place of strength. Yesterday I was explaining that word to you when um, Eric was speaking. Psalm 84, verse 7. He said, they go from strength to strength. That strength is the Hebrew word kayil. He says, they go from strength to strength. That means they become efficient. They become a force. Another word is force. They become a force. Now, in fact, before I even get here, you will see something from verse 5. Verse 5. Bless the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Verse 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well? The rain also filled the pools. What's he saying? He who, who is passing through the valley of Baca, he said, he makes it a well. What is the valley of Baca? The valley of Baca is the valley where nothing grows. It's the valley of emptiness. It's the valley of, of, um, of no results. He said, the person might find himself passing through the valley of Baca at a certain time in his life. He said, but because that person's strength is in God, he said, when he's passing through the valley of Baca, he said, he makes it a well. Then he also caused rain to make it a pool. Then in verse 7, he said, they go from strength to strength. They go from strength to strength. Everyone that appeared before God in Zion. So when they go before God in Zion, when they go before God in Zion, like in your room, you take up a special time of fellowshipping with God. At least, at least, Every week, you should have at least two days you are fasting. You cannot eat every day of the week. No, 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 let's be serious. I'm not talking about special fasting. You can say you are doing a special seven days fasting. But then, your routine, I'm now referring to your routine, and your normal, at least every week, there should be two days that you are fasting. Because the days in which we have entered, we will need strength. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well? And they said, they go from strength to strength. Everyone that appear before God in Zion. Strength is so important. It is, it is what separates you, alright? It's what separates you from the world. What separates us from the world is our supernaturality. And our fellowship with God is the number one determinant in this world. Walking with God, alright? Walking with God is a, is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. That's why the scripture says, walk in the spirit. There's a walk. The Christian life is a walk. And you cannot walk that walk alone. You have to walk that walk with God. You walk with God. You walk with God. Understanding precepts of God. Understanding the person of God. Understanding the heart of God. Because some people can read Bible and be so full of doctrine that they are now away from the heart of God. Because, okay, what about the people who wrote the Bible? They never had anything to refer to. So they had to know the heart of God to know what God was saying. There are some people, everything they know about God is what somebody told them. You need to balance it with your own relationship and fellowship with God. The man of God, Pastor Chris, said in this message, God's greater blessings. He said, you can, have, you can be in relationship by law and not be in relationship by love. What do I mean? It's like someone who's married to the wife. On the day of the marriage, they sign documents. So government of Ghana knows that they are married. Then they get to the house, they are not talking. Three days, they are not talking. One week, they are not talking. You come to the house, one is at one side, one is at the other side. 
On paper, are they married? But in reality, are they? Because for it to be real marriage, there will have to be that communication. Who is Jesus to you? Your best, your best question that you need to ask yourself. Who is Jesus to you? Pursuit is a proof of passion. You cannot say you are passionate about God and you are not pursuing the knowledge of God. You are not pursuing knowing God for yourself. You know that when we get to heaven, it is your current relationship on earth with God that will play in heaven. If he is not your friend here, he's not your friend there, he will add you to the congregation. Yes, I'm serious. That's what the Bible says. Or you think that what? We'll all be around you. We'll all be around Jesus. We'll just be playing with him. No, 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 no. Your relationship. If he never knew you here, the angels will clap for you. At least you made it. Relationship with God. Your relationship with God. Every serious relationship must be invested. You have to invest. I see. Is it true? It's an investment. If you run any serious relationship on spontaneity or on feelings, you know something that's not going to last. You have to run it with intention. Knowing fully well that this and this action will produce this. I'll give you an example. There are certain communications you will need to have. Alright? There are certain communications you will need to have if you are trying to build friendship with, a, with somebody. Let's say you know the value of the friendship. Like for example, maybe I want to be friends with Andy. And I know the value of the friendship. I know that Andy is probably going to link me to some company to do something. And I want Andy to be my friend. Andy doesn't want to be my friend. But I'll call him, oh, Charlie Andy, what's up? How's everything? Oh, you did cool? Okay, fine, fine, fine. Oh, we go talk. He does not really want to. He doesn't, he doesn't know me from anywhere. But then I'm going to find my way in there because I know that there's something that this guy can actually get from me. In, in the world, they call it networking. I'm going to be interested in things, you know, and depending on the level of relationship, I'm going to be interested in things that ordinarily I would not be interested about the person. Oh, what you chop today? Oh, your kid is there. I don't know the kid is from anywhere. It's just... Last week, he probably told me, oh, I have a kid. Oh, tell your kid, this day, everything could you go to school, you know. Has, has nothing to do. But then, what am I doing? I'm making an investment. The same way your relationship with God, you make investment. There are things that you, you, will, you will communicate or, or, uh, or tell God that have nothing to do with um, answering your prayer. Okay, look at how simple yesterday was. How simple. I don't know how you prayed your prayer, but simple. I said, dear Holy Spirit, I'm about to pray 12 hours. Please help me. Please help me. 12 hours. 12 hours, you know it's not easy. Help me. Thank you. And I began. And he helped me. So simple. Has nothing to do with always going to God when you need something. No. No, you, you that you are sitting there, if everybody, if you have a friend, the person comes every time he needs something, what will you say? Huh? You won't friend the person. So if you have such friend, that's not a friend, that's a leech. The person never asks you anything, the person doesn't know anything about you. The only thing the person, oh, hmm. remember a, a, a matter we were dealing with, and <laughs> the person said that. This person never texts her about anything. The only time the person texts her is about money. And the day she said she doesn't have, the person aired the message. And the person said, that's the last time she ever give anything. That's correct. 
Because that's an opportunist. So, the same opportunist behavior is what we take to God. Even we human beings, we complain among ourselves. You don't care about me. You don't care about anything I'm doing. You don't think about me. You don't, uh, the only time you call me is when you need Hanwegana City. No, I'm not giving you today. No, I'm not going to give you. Young men, if the only time, shaka by you. Jesus. The only time that, the, because you have been trying to talk to this lady, she, she always going to pick your call. Then you will, you will see a message, hello. And you think, oh, maybe my move is saucing. Then you see, hmm, run for your life. The moment you see, hmm, <laughs> because, because the moment you see, hmm, you know what? The, the girls don't like it that I'm releasing their secrets. Because they, once you see, hmm, there is a bill coming. Hmm. My junior brother was just knocked down by a car. And the doctor said, you need 850 Ghana City. You see, so the same way your fellowship with God by relationship is your father, you are his son, but then you will need to have fellowship with God. He said, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. There is a fellowship of the Holy Spirit now. The fellowship John talked about, he said, Our fellowship is the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ. That means we have fellowship with the Father, our fellowship with the Son. But that fellowship is not possible because the Father is in heaven, the Son is in heaven. So it is not, it is not um, geographically possible to have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. The only way that is made possible is the, is the uh, provision that has been made in the kingdom. That provision is the provision of the Holy Spirit. He brings heaven to you. He brings the fellowship of the Father the fellowship of the son to you. That is why anytime you spend time to pray, especially when you pray for long, all of a sudden, you just realize that, oh, I actually love Jesus a lot. All of a sudden, because that's what he does. He brings the presence of Jesus to you and he makes it very real to you. Jesus Christ said that when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things that he's going to do is that he's going to not speak of himself, but he's going to speak of Jesus. So every time that you find yourself praying, have you ever know, uh, found yourself praying? Uh, this happened to me a lot in my beginning stages of Christianity. I found myself praying. I don't know what I saying. I said, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Have you ever found yourself doing that? That's the Holy Spirit. Because nobody can love God. Nobody can love Jesus from his mind. you get tired. you get tired. Remember the scripture I showed you. He said, whom you have not seen yet he love. How is that possible? Men only love what they see. Yes, you go to a supermarket, you see, you see something nice and you love it. You go to the market, you are looking for tomatoes. All the tomatoes there, if they had mouth, they'll say, pick me, pick me. Why don't you pick me? You're ignoring me. But then you are looking for a very nice one. You go to a place, they're selling watches, three watches vendors, yet you are, you are in the long queue. Why are you being racist against the other watches sellers? Because you have tasted this one. And you know that you love it. But then how is it possible that for the first time in our life, we have not seen Jesus, yet we love him. He said, whom you have not yet seen, yet you love. He said, and you rejoice. He said, even, come on, come on. If, if you ever come and see us in church, we have not seen Jesus. He is not standing there with us. But we love him and we are even rejoicing. Why? Because there is something beyond what we see with our eyes. It's a reality the Holy Ghost brings to us. 
So even though we are praying and Jesus is not standing there, we know he is there. We know he is there. Whom you have not seen, yet he loved. He said, whom having seen not, he love. In whom? Though now you see him not, yet believing. You have not seen him, yet believing. Who makes that possible? The Holy Ghost. Yet believing. You have not seen him, but you believe him. I always say that you can argue with doctrine, but you can never argue with my experience. You can never argue with an encounter. You can never argue with an encounter. When I'm praying in my room and that reality of the Holy Ghost comes to me, when I'm speaking in tongues, the reality of Jesus comes to me. So that at that time, you see that he is your everything. He is your all. He is your everything, both great and small. Then you know that Jesus is my life. Jesus is all that there is. And you'll be singing songs like you are still my first love. You'll be singing songs like I choose you, Jesus. But what has happened to your mind? What has happened to your spirit? It is the Holy Ghost who has brought the reality of Jesus to you. Anybody who does not have a, a, a strong list with Jesus, a firm list with Jesus, those are the people that when something happens, then they are shaking to the left and shaking to the right. When they hear an atheist making an argument, they are trying to listen. This thing is beyond reason. It's not everything we can explain. So apologetics is good. You know what apologetics is? Apologetics is the defense of the faith. The defense of the faith. You know, trying to use, you know, logical reasoning, you know, you know, to, you know, try to explain the faith and all that. Apologetics is good, but it stops somewhere. It stops somewhere. It cannot go further because the Bible says the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. He said, neither can he know them. He said, because those things, they are spiritually designed. Then he also talks about comparing spiritual things with spiritual. It's not all the time that you compare natural to spiritual. At a certain level, you have to compare the spiritual with the spiritual. And at that time, the natural man cannot encroach in there. So sometimes, there's some things we will say, some things we will talk about, some things we will, we, we, will, we will communicate. Some of those things we cannot... Now, how does it make sense? How does it make sense that we gathered here for 12 good hours, we are speaking a language we do not understand? That's not make any sense. How will you explain it? Then one person is lying on the floor. One person is sitting in the chair. Then someone is someone is lying over there on the stage. Another person is walking on the stage. If you put a camera on these people for one hour, you see what kind of madness is this one. But there's a spiritual truth to it. The moment we shut out our eyes and we began to speak in tongues, we appeared before God in Zion. Then that is where strength starts building up. That's where strength started building up. Strength started building up at that time. Strength started building up at that time. Before we came, we, we could not do some things. Before we came, we could not think of something. Before we came, we, you know, we could not even accept certain things. But all of a sudden, while we were before God, a word came. A word came. He said, when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. I was strengthened. Wahala for who know they hear God. I tell you, when you spoke to me, I was strengthened. I was strengthened. I was strengthened. And he will tell you, go forth and conquer. I have given you the land. Go forth and conquer. I have given you the land. So that's the first one, the Cain. Then he tells Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. He said, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. He said, only be thou be strong. Be strong. From verse 1, he begins to tell him that Joshua, let's look at from, from verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place, now, God begins to talk to Joshua now. He said, every place, kaku kamahe, is every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon unto the great river, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Verse 5. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6. Be strong. Be strong. There are two things that happen over there. That word be strong is an instruction as well as an empowerment. God does not say things to you until he has empowered you to do them. Sometimes you hear some of the leaders say things like, when pastor gave this word, the grace came with it. Because that is the spiritual truth. Because no word from God is only information. If it came from God, it is both information and impartation. If it's an information, it will require your strength. He said, the spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. That, that, that's God. The word and the spirit are never separate. The word and the spirit are never separate. He said, the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me in the book of Ezekiel. The spirit entered when he spake. So when God said, I have made you rich, if God says, I have made you rich, he, he, you, he is not saying, go and start looking for ways to be rich. The spirit entered. So I wonder how some people pray. Some people say, oh, this person prays, but he's lazy. It's not possible. It's not possible. Then you're not, something's wrong with your prayer. Because... If I require discipline, determination, and persistence, all those motivational things, if I require it to be rich, if God speaks to me, all those things come with it. I'm telling you my personal life is experience. It comes with it. All of a sudden, I will wake up at the right time. You know, check your life. There are days that you are 100%. It's like when you finish praying, it's like all of a sudden, you just know. I have to just do this. So, all of a sudden, it's like a wisdom. That's what he talked about in the book of Ezekiel chapter 36. He said, I will cause you to. He said, I will cause you to. So you just find yourself at the right place, at the right time, saying the right words. It saves you from a lot of foolishness. The spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. So when he told him, be strong. That be strong is not only be strong as in Joshua. Try, 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 try and be strong. No, it's an information. That you will need strength to go there. You will need strength to, to, to make all these things come to you. And the second thing is that it is an inoculation. It's like taking wine. Once he spoke to you, he said the spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. Then all of a sudden you are made strong. Be strong and you are made strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. That word be strong over there is another Hebrew word, kazakh. It means to prevail. To prevail. Joshua chapter 14 verse 11. He says, and yet, Caleb is talking. He said, and yet, I am as strong this day I was, as I was in the day of Moses. As I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come. Strong. 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 Strong enough to build God a 3,000 seater. Strong. Strong enough to do five million copies. Strong. Strong. It's because I don't really have money. The family we are coming from, you are focusing on the wrong thing. 
The family we are coming from, we really don't have money inside the family. I wish I had money like those people who are giving. Strong! Strong! So what do you do? You build strength. You build strength. You build strength. I'm strong this day. As I was in the day that Moses sent me. Gaza means to prevail. Like a warrior, to prevail. It's like you have gone to war and you just see your adversary and you just keep prevailing over your adversary. You are strong. You are strong. First thing happens, you clear it. Second one, you clear it. Third one, you clear it. Third one, you clear it. Look, listen. I remember this year, when we are coming to this year, when the Spirit of God said to us, God of many things. I didn't know. I didn't know. Otherwise, the prophetic now, I wouldn't have been jumping like that. As we're jumping, God of many things. Wow! 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 Many things. Wow! Everybody was just shouting. Oh, God of many things. You thought you were going to your house and you were going to see many shoes and many clothes. All of a sudden, we are getting close to the end of the year. God says I should have 12-hour prayer. You remember? We had it online. 12-hour prayer. Of course, I know most of you slept. Because the number on YouTube kept dropping. Kept dropping. And in the morning, when we're shouting, when we're shouting, the number, play on, the number just shut up. I say, God has children. Some too, their number was there, but they were gone. Their gadget was all there, posting fire. And they woke up in the morning, play on, that's it, the spirit of God, play on. Then you see us status is play on, play on, what that, what that. Twelve hours were them bear seven. Is it not amazing? God knowing what we're about to do, call for that prayer. Why? Because He knows that it will require strength. Nothing God ever asks you to do will ever make you depressed. If you are depressed on what God asks you to do, pause, stop it. Immediately. Stop that. Stop what you are doing. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You have brought your character into the team. Stop it. Responsibility upon responsibility upon this one does not end, the next one starts. This one does not end, the next one starts. I said, Hey, what was going on? And I remember the prophecy in the top of our prayer. The Lord said, Every month will be like a year. Every month will be like a year. It was indeed like that. The eight days of blessing was like eight separate programs. Eight separate programs. Right after we finished the rapture, we had to go into eight days of blessing. Right after that, the next two days, I had to go to chairman of IT, POC. Ha! How do you do this thing? How do you do this thing without, without breaking down? How do you have money to do this thing? Strength! At certain times, you feel like it, it, this thing is going to break you down. Once you feel like it's going to break you down, you're like, that means you are looking at the wrong thing. You are looking at the wrong thing. You turn. You turn to the one who can infuse you with strength. Spiritual weariness is real. That's why he said, always be filled with the spirit. Be being filled. Always be filled with the spirit because spiritual witness is real. As you go ahead doing things for the Lord, as I do this for the Lord, don't, don't be so engrossed in the work of God and forget the God of the work. Because some people, their only relationship with God is the work of God. That looks like Martha and Mary to me. One is busy cooking for Jesus. One is busy cooking for Jesus. You ask yourself, I am working for God. I am working for Jesus. I'm working for Jesus. Then, one is sitting at the feet of Jesus. One is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is talking to, the, to that one. Talking to that one. Talking to that one. Sharing scriptures. Sharing scriptures. Sharing scriptures. 
Sometimes some people, as a man of God, some people have the access to talk to you one time for one hour and they're sitting down talking about necessary things. When you could be asking things, things can be coming out. Things can be coming out. Bible says, when, where two or three are gathered in my name. He didn't say where two or three Christians are gathered. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. That means if the gathering is in the name of Jesus, he said, I'm there. I'm there. And I told you, when he comes there, when Bible says, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. When he comes there, he does not come there to be sitting down. Because that's what we've been thinking. It's like, as we are gathered here, Jesus is just sitting down. Where two or three are gathered, he's there. Smiling. No. No. What does he do when he comes? You can only know that in the book, in the book of Luke chapter 24. When two guys were talking about him and appeared over there, the next thing was he engaged them in conversation. That means he contributed to the conversation. So where two or three are gathered there, Jesus comes there and contributes in the conversation. You might not hear his voice over there, but as both of you are talking, you'll be saying the thoughts of Jesus. Contribute in the conversation. If you like, try it. You and your friend. If you like, try it. You and your friend, two, three of you, Bring up a scripture and start deliberating on it. All of a sudden, things that will begin to come out, both of you, you have never even heard before in your life. That's why it's called the body of Christ. You know, it, you know I, I, I really love, I really thank God for, you know, the relationship he has given me with Pastor B. He calls me and says, I've been thinking of this scripture. What do you think? Sometimes I'm not thinking anything. Sometimes I'm not thinking anything. I say, I'm, sir, I'm, what I think is, um, because I cannot say I'm not thinking anything. I have lost the opportunity to think. You tell somebody, give a word of prophecy. Say, please, nothing is coming. Oh, oh, give a word of prophecy. Say, please, I'm not hearing anything. Ah! Okay, what do you do? This is what you do. You did not hear anything. They said, give a word of prophecy. Two things you can do. One, because, like for example, the day you receive the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, did you hear somebody standing by you say, say, malama, lama. Eh? And you say, malama, lama. Say, ma. Ma. Say, baba. Say, baba. You didn't hear anything like that. You didn't hear anything like that. What did you do? You just spoke and it came. Correct. The same way. Give a word of prophecy. It's the same principle. Thank you, Sam. That's here the Spirit of God. Ah, meanwhile, you have, not, you have not heard anything. No? So, sir, the Spirit was telling me, the, the rest will continue. The rest will continue. Immediately, the rest will continue. Some are waiting. I mean, if God has told me, I'll say it. I cannot lie. If God has told me, God, I want to lie. And if you try, and you think that it's not still coming, pick a scripture. Because uh, the scripture is God talking. The scripture, God is already talking. Say, so, sir, the Spirit said, John chapter. <laughs> the Spirit says, Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means the Lord is everybody's shepherd here, they shall not want. You are finished. You are a prophet. I say you are a prophet. Who yeah. 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 is How did I learn to prophesy? This is the principle. This is how I learned to prophesy. When they say that, who has a word of prophecy? I go out. Even though I've not heard anything, I'll go. Why? Because spiritual things are for practice. The day you spoke in tongues, you were speaking weak tongues. I remember my own soul. Some of you were singing, Mama, 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 Mama,
The first, eh? Your, your tongues. What, 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 what was it like? Do you remember it? What was it? Mama, 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 mama. <laughs> mama, mama, mama. Looks like the mama. It's very common. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you go, when you start the tongues, like the first package they send to you, <laughs> mama. <laughs> Starter pack. Mama, mama, mama. When you are locked, you can have papa, papa, papa. <laughs> so you have mama, and you have papa. <laughs> Full parent <laughs> subscription. <laughs> you have tongues. Full parent subscription. Today, after two years of speaking in tongues, you say, Shikromon, <laughs> Sule, Sule. <laughs> now, you're, you are so skilled in the tongue that the words don't come out now. Then after 10 minutes, now you are, you are, you are expert in groaning. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The first day you spoke in tongue is as though you, it cannot stop. Now you can start, you can stop anytime. Because Shalom Azumvi, okay, stop. Oh, Shalom Alingo, Shalom Alingo. Now you can even listen to some of these songs and say, no, this is the Spanish version of the tongue. <laughs> I have the real version, the French version of it. During ITPLC, the last day, the last prophecy of the night, I gave that prophecy. And actually, I didn't know I was speaking French. So one lady came out and came out and said, what the chairman was saying in French actually means it is done. Wow. I didn't know that. Ah, if I knew this, or like my French teacher in GSS, I would have been speaking. Ah, monsieur. Monsieur, monsieur was knocking me. Meanwhile, I had it in me. Oh, monsieur. Oh, monsieur. Monsieur Avugla. Monsieur Avogla was very wicked to me. Conjugate a tray. Hey! I didn't know that it's in me. I could have just, if I was born again at that time, received the Holy Ghost. Monsieur would say, Conjugate a essentially, Moses, I didn't know that I'm a francophone. I didn't know I was a francophone. So, <laughs> I see angels depositing spiritual gifts in this place. I said, I see angels depositing spiritual gifts in this place. <laughs> so, the same way in prophecy, when you say, Who has a prophetic word? I walk forward every time. Those, when I was starting, I will always come forward. I don't have anything to say, I'll come forward. Give me the mic. Say, so as we were praying, the spirit said, and every time there's always the word comes. Every time the word comes. Because you see, God is always looking for an outlet. He just needs those who will be bold. See? He's just looking for those who will be bold. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Strong. Daniel chapter 11. I'm going to another side of this thing. 
One of the ways of gathering strength, the first one is your personal fellowship with God. Another way of gathering strength is in the house of God. The house of God. In my personal life, especially in my growing days as a Christian, there are times that you feel down, you feel there's no hope, there's nothing. You will get to church and by the time you come out, you are strong. Has it ever happened to you? That is why God said we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. Let me tell you something. One of the ways to cure depression is the presence of God. Because depression, even though it is called a mental health, it is not a mental thing. It is called the spirit of heaviness. The real thing is, is the spirit of heaviness. It expresses, it's like, it's like um, um, let's say, the spirit of infirmity. It's expressing itself in the body as a sickness. The same way, the spirit of heaviness expresses itself as a mental problem. As something that's mental health. It is not a mental thing. It's the spirit of heaviness. The way to cure it truly is the presence of God. I'm not talking about you coming to the house of God, not giving your mind to the word of God. No, no, no. no. Like some people can just come and sit down. And they have magnified the problem above God. God can help them. To, when they come and, and you sit, you will use these two things. Number one, your personal fellowship with God. You know, there's a fellowship with God you can have with your Bible. And you can have with um, music playing. There is some, you have to put all those things out. And fellowship with God. The presence of God. And the presence of God is in layers. I heard somebody say that. Anytime he or she is alone. That's when she thinks bad thoughts. Let me tell you something when you're you're alone. When you're alone, you have the opportunity because you can never take quiet time out of the Christian experience, out of the Christian development. You cannot take quiet time out of it. And quiet time requires that you be alone. Bible says, and Jacob was left alone. There are times you have to be alone. So if it is always that you're alone, that you always think bad thoughts and do the wrong things, That means you are actually at a junction of breaking through in the consciousness in the presence of God. So the bad thoughts will come. You will have to fight it till you break through on the other side. Because good thoughts will also come. You will have to fight it until you are now comfortable with being alone and meditating. Now, We're talking about the house of God. How the house of God is the place of strength. Is the place of strength. Daniel chapter 11. Give me verse 31. So now, we are are actually talking about the two. Alright? We are talking about the two. Both being in the presence of God alone and being in the house of God. Now, see something. It says, an arm shall stand on his path." And they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. He calls the house of God the sanctuary of strength. He calls the house of God the sanctuary of strength. Anytime you go to church, like I tell you, it is not to fulfill a religious obligation. When you go to church, you have gone to the sanctuary of strength. See, when I just asked, sometimes you are just hope, you feel hopeless. You are not thinking, you know, things are bad. You are thinking, you know, you are, you are, you are sad. But you enter church, and by the time you are coming out, it's like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. 
Because the house of God is the sanctuary of strength. That word strength over there is a Hebrew word, maoz, which means protection, safety, like walls. That's why he said that, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, he said, let your request be made unto God. Then he says that, and the peace of God, with pastors all understanding, he said, shall garrison your hearts and minds. There is a peace of God that guards your heart and your mind from depression, from mental issues. It can guard your mind. You are overthinking. Things are, you know, it's trying to overwhelm you. He said, there's a peace of God. It's a supernatural strength. It's a supernatural strength. He said, instead of overthinking it, he said, take it to God. When you come to the house of God and the word of God is being shared, sometimes just the atmosphere. Sometimes just the atmosphere. Because one of the things that's happening in this place is that we are all supplying each other. That's what the Bible says. We are all supplying each other. All of us have graces on our lives. So if it is 2,000 people seated here, these are more than 2,000 graces. And we are all supplying each other. So there's a lot going on in the air. There's a lot. And also, angels are here. Come on. So, church is a place that we should be every day. In the Old Testament, they go every day. Their life revolves around the temple. Because two days will not be enough to give to God. So then, since we cannot come to church every day, what do we do? On Sunday, you come to the house of God. The sanctuary of strength. On Monday, you create your house of God. You create your house of God. Tuesday, you create your house of God. Wednesday, you come back to the house of God. The sanctuary of strength. is a place where people are made. The house of God. He said, it's the church of Jesus Christ. He said, the pillar and the ground of the truth. The pillar and the ground of the truth. The truth is not in books. The truth is not in, in, in tutorials online. Because they can easily change it. Second Peter chapter 1. I'll start from verse 7. In fact, let's start from verse 5. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence. I like this. He said, beside this, giving all diligence. So hold it there. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Go back to 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. What's he telling you? Faith requires diligence. Faith will not jump on you. Faith will not happen to you. Faith requires diligence. You have to be thorough in the building of your faith. I say something a lot of time and I'm going to say it again. Build your faith because you cannot learn in the exam room. There are things that God will ask you to do and God will require of you in the future that will require that you have built your faith before time. So every day you have the opportunity to use time to diligently build your faith. So he said, giving all diligence add to your faith. So faith requires diligence. Jesus Christ talked about the parable 
about a woman who had lost a coin. He said that woman who lost the coin, he said, would take a light and diligently search. Faith is built consciously. You see, faith is built consciously. You must consciously build faith. If you've been listening to me for a very long time, you know that I've told you time and again that faith is not strong head. Oh, I believe. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it will happen. Oh, no, that is not faith. Faith is the result of diligence. Faith is the result of conscious putting the word of God into you and conscious acting your faith. Acting the word. Consciousness. There has to be a conscious effort to build faith. He said, beside all, giving all diligence. There is a diligence in building faith. A chapter a day. I'm giving you ways of, of doing it. You are doing a chapter a day. Don't enter this year not knowing the Bible again. A chapter a day. You read a chapter a day. Whether you are following the Bible reading plan, a chapter a day. A chapter a day. Now let me tell you something. I've told you before that you know, sometimes people want to know the word of God. Ah, how do I pastor? You know, read the Bible. I want to know the Bible. Pastor. You know, so they are reading the Bible looking for revelation at the time. No. Just keep learning the word of God. Just keep learning the word of God. The Holy Ghost will now use it one day to teach you something. A lot of the time, it's not when I'm reading that I see most of the things. I can finish reading and I'm gone. One day as I'm walking, a thought drops from something I'd read. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Is actually it. Then it will connect to another scripture I know already. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, for example, for example, the scripture I read yesterday, uh, much increases by the strength of an oath. I've known that scripture. I've known it for so long. It was when we were praying. I've known that scripture, but usually when I'm using it, I, I, I use it uh, in the, in the uh, I use mostly the first side. Where there's no oxygen is the crib is clean. That means, you know, if you are not my friend, you cannot offend me. Which is also correct. Because when you have ox, where, where you don't have oxen, the crib is clean. So if you don't have people, you know, I'd never thought of it in the other light. All I was praying, the Holy Spirit just brought it to me. I'm sure probably if you were praying, you were seeing me writing things. As I, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit just talked to me and said, ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. So I needed to know it for the Holy Spirit to talk to me with it. So you're going to give diligence to knowing the word of God. If you think that reading is your problem, there's audio Bible. I'm serious. There's, audio, there's a lot that, I've said this before, I'll say it again. God cannot talk to you, or God will have a problem talking to you with his voice if you don't know him by his word. See? So you give diligence to it. Okay, so go back to, that's not the main point. It was just a, a passing comment. Second, um, Peter again. And besides this, giving all diligence, he said, add to your faith. Faith over here, referring to your faith, is, is like a zealous endeavor. Faith. We have faith. We belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. We are happy. We come to church. We shout. We jump. We are excited. But faith on its own will not make you fruitful and productive. There are things you need to add to faith. So he says, add to your faith. Now, if he uses the word add, if he says add, it means these are things that are probably external or externally influenced. 
you need to put some things and add to your zeal in the house of God. That you are zealous is not enough. There are things you need to consciously add. I remember using this scripture to preach a message. When we were in Best Westing, I wore a chef clothes with my apron, my chef gear. And the title of the message was Cooking Your Future. Cooking Your Future. And I said, when you are cooking, there is the basic ingredients. But then you have to add some things. You add Maggi. You add salt. You still add salt after Maggi. Eh? You add salt after Maggi. What do you want to cook? Jollof. Is that correct? You add salt after Maggi. You add Maggi first. You put salt first. Okay, everybody and how they cook. Is that correct? Everybody and how they cook. This matter you are saying, two girls fought over this thing. Two girls, I tried to separate the fight. I now became the enemy. This one said, that's not my mother cooking. This one said, that's not my, oh, you are saying my mother cannot cook. Ah, I said, ah. So add to your faith. So it's like you have the food going on. Then you add. You add salt. You add ginger. You add prekese. You add rosemary. They think I don't know. I cook. Why don't you believe me? Are you laughing at me? I cannot cook. I can cook, eh? Yeah. Add. So there are things that you need to add to your faith. That you are born again is not enough. So he says, add to your faith. Now we'll read it to verse 8. Then we'll see something there. So add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. Verse 8. He said, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means some people are barren in the knowledge of God. They know a lot of things about Jesus, know a lot of things about the kingdom, but they are barren in the knowledge. They are not fruitful in the knowledge. They are barren in the knowledge. They are Christians who are not seeing their results because they have not added some things to their lives. There are some things you need to add to your faith. So go back to verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So, we are going to stop at virtue. He add to your faith virtue. You. you know, there's something about teaching. Preaching would have made all of us excited and running all, all over the place. Teaching, it takes a deliberate effort to imbibe it. But that is also what stays with you. So, make sure you're paying attention. That's all. You cannot defend yourself with preaching. You can defend yourself with a teaching. And beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is moral excellence. What's a moral excellence? It, they, are, they are things that you put on your inside deliberately, alright? They are like an excellence. You exude them. You exude them. A virtue. There's a virtue. It's an excellence on your life. So I'm going to talk about seven virtues of excellence. These are things that you add to your faith. That you have faith is not enough. You have to add this to it. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue number one, faithfulness. I had a Zoom meeting with Church One and I taught them on this, but I thought all of you should know it. 
Have you, if you're in church one, I still didn't say everything, so you still have to listen. Faithfulness in your life, aside coming to church and jumping and shouting and praying, you have to have faithfulness in your character as a person. What is faithfulness? I'll define it for you. There are many definitions, but within the context of what I'm sharing, I'll, I'll give you this definition. Faithfulness is the virtue of accountability, honesty, and dedication to a cause. Faithfulness is the virtue of accountability, honesty, and dedication to a cause. I'll tell you something. God said that faithful men are scarce. God is the one who said it. God said faithful men are scarce. Why? Because everybody thinks of his own. Because you cannot be faithful to yourself. You cannot be faithful to yourself. If you are faithful to yourself, it is term selfishness. The Bible says that a faithful man who can find. I said it is the virtue of accountability, honesty, and dedication to a cause. You will have to be faithful. You have to learn to be faithful. Now I'll break it down for you. Let's look at Numbers chapter 12 verse 8. Numbers chapter 12 verse 8. Now at this time, Miriam and Aaron are speaking against Moses. I'm helping you to know the things that God regards. Right? Miriam and Aaron are speaking against Moses. Then God comes into the scene to interject on the matter. So let's look at, let's look at God's consideration on the matter. If when Miriam and Aaron were criticizing Moses because Moses has gone to take um, a kushat, which is a black woman. Other versions say an Ethiopian woman. It was not an Ethiopian woman. It was a kushat, which means a black woman. The nation was not specified. And it was, it was wrong for Moses to do that. So Aaron and Miriam are speaking against Moses because of this. Now, when God came into the matter, what you'll be thinking, if you are a religious person, so you'll start thinking that God will come and say, Ah, Moses, why did you do that? Because I told you not to take a, a, a woman outside Israel. Why are we going to do this? That's what you will consider. But let's look at what God considered when he came into the conversation. Let's start from verse 6. Yes. He said, and he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, that I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. And I will speak unto him in a dream. Verse 7. But my servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in all my house? God is not addressing the problem of Moses. He's not addressing what Moses has done. He's addressing what he gave Moses to do. He said, as for Moses, I don't have any problem with Moses because Moses is faithful in all my house. The work I ask him to do, he has done it. So if there's any other matter, I will deal with him separately. But then, between you and you, the three of us standing here on this matter, Moses is faithful in all my house. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Verse 5. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those who were spoken after. F Moses was faithful. What was God, you know, looking at Moses' life? What was God looking at? God was looking at the faithfulness of Moses to the house. Which house? The house of Israel. Moses was a faithful man. So you are looking for a great man, you are looking for a faithful man. If you are looking for a great man, you are looking for a faithful man. Not one who has, because we are looking at things at, with God's eyes now, God's perspective. A faithful man. First Corinthians chapter 4. I'll start reading from verse 1. Let a man, look at this. He said, let a man, he said, let everybody. We are starting with this. Let everybody, he says, so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are, we are ministers of Christ and stewards. Stewards. 
of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. In the kingdom of God, it is not allowed for you to own anything. We are all stewards. So, when you see that somebody is a giver in the house of God, because it's not rich men that God made givers in the house of God. When you hear a kingdom financier, you're not talking about a rich person. You are talking about somebody who has become a steward of God's finances. So, God does not give money to the person. God passes money through the person. When you have this understanding, your relationship in the house of God or with the things of God will be different. And you will now begin to see the kind of grace that this kingdom actually speaks about. If I own, if I own it and I gave it, it can finish. But if I'm a channel of it from God to people, from God to the church, from God to the kingdom, then I know that I am not a reservoir, I'm a channel. And what does God require in the channel? All he requires is faithfulness. To be faithful to it. To be faithful to the cause. Knowing fully well that you are going to be accountable for every grace that God gives you. I made this statement when Father gave me the opportunity to speak to the pastors in Abuja. I said responsibility can be given to anybody. But authority is only given to faithful men. When you see God giving somebody authority over something, authority over an area, authority over a, a particular industry, authority, if God is the one who gave the person, I'm not talking about the devil, because the devil also do, does that. If God is the one going to give the person authority, God is not going to look at the person's ability. He's going to look at the person's faithfulness. Paul told Timothy, he said, the things I have committed to you, I've, I've taught you, he said, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Not commit to able men. No, faithful men who shall be able. God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your faithfulness. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because these are some of the virtues that are missing in a generation. Especially our generation. People are not faithful to something. They cannot be faithful to something. They get into this. It's working. It stops working. They stop. They get into this. It's working. It's not working. They stop. No, you have to learn to be faithful to a cause. Men who vacillate never make anything out of their lives. Great things are not done by great men. Great things are done by dedicated men. Great things are done by convicted men. People who are convinced about what they are doing. They have a conviction about what they are doing. Faithfulness. The faithfulness of a cell leader. The faithfulness of a cell secretary. Today they call you, they got you. Tomorrow they call you, they don't get you. You say, I'm going to do something. Meanwhile, you know you're not going to do anything. No, they've made you a self-secretary. What you don't know is that God is watching that. I'll come to that. Let me tell you, in the spirit, I said this to many years ago, I'll say it again. In the spirit, there's no elevator, there's only staircase. He said precept upon precept, line upon line. If you fail a particular class, you will be there. If you fail a particular class in the spirit, you will be there till you pass. When you see any great man, sit down and listen to his stories. You will know all of them, their stories are almost the same. Because God is the, is the one in charge of the exam. God is the one in charge of the exam. Because you have to be faithful. You are faithful over little. I'll come to that. You are faithful. He said the one who is faithful in little. Faithfulness. I said responsibility can be given to anybody. You can say, oh, you do this, you do this. But when you are coming to authority, you are talking about keys to the thing. It can only be given to a faithful person. Look at Nehemiah chapter 7. And it came to pass when the world was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed. Verse 2, he said that I gave my brother Hanani and Hanaya, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem. I mean, they gave the guy charge over the whole Jerusalem. He said, why? He said, for he was a faithful man. And he feared God above many. Faithfulness. 
Faithfulness. Let me show you what the Bible defines as faithfulness. Matthew 25. Let's start from 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Hey, hold on. You will see a key thing over here. He said he delivered unto them his goods. The kingdom of heaven. Now, when we talk about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, there are two different things. The kingdom of God, God is the one in charge of the kingdom of God. When it comes to the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is the one in charge. So this parable, Jesus was actually speaking about himself. He said, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. What is he talking about? His ascension. Then he says, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, his grace, his favor. He delivered unto them. So you, you then get to realize that everything God gives you is actually his goods. It's his goods. You don't have to be alive. Why are you alive? It's his goods. He delivered unto them his goods. This person has the ability to organize something. He knows how to organize something. He knows how to do this. He knows how to gather people. He knows how to do this. It is his goods. Some of those things just come to some people, you know, spontaneously. You know, they, they were just born with it. They just know how to do it. What they don't realize, and some of them now use it for other means. What they don't realize is that it is God actually giving them his goods. The person has some serious business acumen. The person is good in technical things. The person is good with singing. Most people will now carry it and go and do something else with it. Meanwhile, they don't realize that it is his goods. Because when the king of heaven, when the man in the king of heaven was traveling to the far country, he delivered unto his own servants and delivered to them his goods. Verse 15. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Verse 16. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made other ta- five talents. Continue. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and dig in the earth and he hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of, the, of those servants, after a long time, this has been a long time since he left. It's been a long time. The Lord of those servants come and reconnect with them. Now, so you may pay attention. He said the faithfulness is, is what? Accountability. Why? Because there's nothing God has given us that he will not ask of us. He reconnects with them. The master came back after he had given them his goods. He said, hey, now let's check the things I gave you. On, on that day, you'll be surprised that this thing you gave me, I thought it was mine. You gave me. I thought it was mine. He reconnects with them. Verse 20. And so, he that received five talents came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. So, God is defining faithfulness to us. Faithfulness is fruitfulness. God gave you 10. You brought 20. That is faithfulness. You were a cell leader. God gave you two. You brought 20. Faithful. Faithful. You are cell secretary. Cell assistant. Your cell leader is not around. So even the leader is not around. Everybody go where you want to go to. And not faithful. Faithful to yourself. Faithful. I said you cannot show faithfulness to yourself. Transparency. Honesty. Dedication. Ask those who own businesses here. It's so difficult to, to it's so difficult to find faithful Christians. So difficult. Ask those who own business here. I've received such such comments before. Somebody employed a Christian, I mean from church. One day came the person now and where have you gone to say I've gone for so many? Something I heard Pastor Chris say that I'll never forget. Do more than you are paid for. Hey, is the company for my father? That is why you will never have one. You think you have yours by stealing somebody's own. 
don't know God is a judge. There are some unbeliever bosses who are bosses because God put them there. They don't have to be Christians. Well, ask about Cyrus. King Cyrus. He was a heathen king, but God put him there. Well, ask about Pharaoh Necho. God gave him Kashmish. He was not born again. He was not from Israel. There are some people that God put them there. Even though they are not born again, but God has seen that, you know, if because of how how virtuous these people are in character, if he makes them bosses, he will be able to feed many of his children by making them em- employees of this particular person. So you don't pray against the rich because if the rich are doomed, the poor are scattered. Yes. God has no joke with givers, whether they are born again or not. Because they are his channels of blessing the world. If you envy a rich man, God will come after you. One day I went to my dad, to my, my biological dad, to go and pray for a man. This man had diabetes. Already one of his legs has been, has been amputated and he's on a metallic leg. The other leg is about to be amputated. We went to pray for him. When we got there, the moment I lifted my hand, God said to me, he said, this man is alive because every month he takes money to orphanage. Otherwise, he should be dead. So I told my dad. My, my dad was the one in front. My dad is, he prays for the sick and always has amazing testimonies. So I went with him. This particular one, he said, the way the matter is, I should follow him. We should go together. So we do combine. Combine harvest. <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> so we were together. He stretched his hand, stretched my hand. The moment I lifted my hand, God said that to me. I asked my dad, I said, Please, can you ask him, does he take money to Osu children's home every month? And he said, he said, the man, I've been giving to them every month. I've been giving to them every month. And I told him, I said, that's why you're alive. You should be dead by now. He said, oh, oh, faithfulness. With these three guys, the one who had five, it's always amazing that the ones who have more are the, ones, are the faithful ones. The ones who have nothing are the ones who are not faithful. You will bring up, you will bring somebody from the village to come and work in your, and you should be the one to be stealing from you. You that you are not from anywhere that you should rather be, you know, faithful. Faithful. Why are we faithful, oh? You rather will not be faithful. You will massacre your company. If you are not careful, I should even take your husband. Or you have not seen a Nigerian movie before. Say, I'm a faithful person. You first of all exhibit faithfulness toward God. What has God asked you to do in the house of God? Let me tell you something. Never be in the house of God and do nothing. Because that's where God starts judging from. But when the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of God, it's not only talking about bad judgment. But I'm beginning the house of God because that is where God will start the reward system from. The judgment seat of Christ. Don't be in the house of God and do nothing. Don't be in the house of God and do, God and do nothing. If you can't find something to do in the church because everybody is doing something and nobody who is doing something wants to leave it for you to do. Start from yourself. I always say it. Look, I always say it. The cell is the first place God tests a lot of people. Why? Because the cell you have gone into, your cell leader is probably older than you. The cell you have gone into, your cell leader is probably, you know, uh, if it's Pastor Hino, I can listen to Pastor Hino. What about this Nassanyate girl? Why can't I listen to this Nassanyate girl? You see, do something in the house of God. That's where God checks it from. That's where it starts. Faithfulness. So winning. Faithfulness is so winning. He said, preach the gospel. Be instant in and out of season. That means when you feel like and when you don't feel like. We are in a generation that is so feeling driven. Our grandmother's generation. If they pair you with some, some, some guy and say, that is your husband, you have to marry the person. Regardless of how you feel, you are going. You will develop the feeling when you go. Yeah. On the, on the job training. Because they are not feeling driven. So most of the, th- the things they do work. 
Because you cannot trust feelings. Today you are feeling butterflies. Tomorrow you are feeling lions. Oh, pastor, you know, those days have changed. You know, things have really changed. Now we are in a modern generation. Feeling driven. And sugar-coated with telenovelas. So up to now, the reason why... Oh, let me not say it. The reason why you... Oh, up to now, the reason why you don't have anybody where you are still waiting for, you know, both of you, your foot to fall down. So that when you are both standing up. So that you, you go back home and you are waiting for the phone call. Ring, ring, ring. I'm the guy whose phone fell when they were picking it from me. It's the voice for you, eh? <laughs> Feelings. What you, what, what you forget is that when you watch the movie, they put music underneath you. It changes everything. Because as the phone call is going on and the music... Looks so nice. You, the day you receive the call, there's no music underneath so you are trying to match your life with a telenovela. It's not matching. So you think every, everything is not squaring properly. Look in the scriptures. It cannot be feeling driven. Be a faithful person. Dedicated to a cause. Faithful to yourself. I said the cell is where God tests most things. Cell is where God tests most things. The call for cell meeting. You are going. You are listening to what your cell leader is saying. You are listening to what your cell leader is saying. I remember a, a, a situation. The assistant cell leader was older than the cell leader. When the assistant came to me and told me that, the cell leader is doing it, I said, the cell leader is doing it. And this person seems like she knows the right thing because as she was speaking, you can tell that if you give her the opportunity, she'll be able to do it better than the cell leader. But spirituality demands that she should be there because that you have knowledge means it's about to be tested. You can know everything in this world. If you don't have humility, you have wasted it. So she be there. When it was time for me to take that girl out, when she came out, she started doing 10 times what this girl was doing. But she had to be there. Because your obedience will be tested. Even Jesus Christ, Bible says, he had to humble himself and be obedient even unto death. He saw death that he was greater than. He could have refused to die. He said he had to be obedient unto death. What made Jesus continue to die even at the, when he was not supposed to die was because he had to be faithful to the cause. The Bible talks about it. That Jesus was also faithful when we read from Hebrews chapter 3, I was really, I, didn't, I just didn't want to get there. Jesus was also faithful, just as Moses was faithful. Be a faithful person. Luke chapter 16. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted, what again? He had wasted what? No, no, I want to see. He had wasted what? The same came to him that he had wasted his goods. His goods again. Steward. His goods. Steward. His goods. Steward, his goods. Verse 2. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. He said, Give an account. Give an account. We will give an account of what we are doing in the house of God. Don't think God is not watching. If you were working in a company, only your boss is looking. In the house of God, your pastor is looking, God is also looking. There are some people, the last thing on their mind is their self. But they don't know that is the most important thing. That is the only thing that you get to heaven God will speak about. Bible talks about the, the leaders in the house of God. He said, for they give account of your souls. God will take account. He will take account of the things you are doing in the house of God. Even if your own is to clean, is to clean the, 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 the pulpit. You will give an account. And you will be surprised how God will do the accounting. You came late. It means you don't fear me. When you read the book of Malachi, 
He talked about the kind of service that he, God, rejects. And the kind of service that he has saved. God said, he said, can you take a, a, a bad goat? Can you come and give it to your president? You want to give a sacrifice to me? Can you give a bad goat? Avoid eye service. Do everything knowing God is looking. Have faithfulness in your character. I'm not just standing here. I'm not just standing here. He that is faithful in little. He that is faithful in little. Those times when I would do Instagram live. Faithful in little. Twelve people are watching. Yet before I've, I've come up to go and start, I've prayed almost two hours, but only 12 people are coming online. It was even funny. I, that time, I didn't think it was funny. Now it's funny. I didn't think it was funny. I would pray. I would, those times, Brown, follow me. I will do the recording in Makado's house. Upstairs. Downstairs, there's Ice Kenke and Indomie. And when we finish the recording, we go and balance it before I get home. And in my room, Aside my bed, I have a desk and a chair. For what? I'm a fellowship leader. Yes, a desk and a chair. As a fellowship leader. Who was paying me? Nobody. I was not being paid for it. Faithfulness. I'm just faithful. I'm faithful to you. Because, it's because you are thinking you have your life and you have this as a side thing. You don't know that this is your main life. There's nothing you are doing that when you get to eternity, God will, will take account for. Rather, you will take account for the things. The Bible says that every man shall, shall, shall give an account for everything that he had done in the body. Not in this body. In the body. That's in the body of Christ. Have a desk and a chair. As a fellowship leader. I'll go and sit down by the desk and a chair and I'm doing records. This person has not been coming to church. This one has been coming. This one. We have to do this for this person. We have to pray for this person. And to show you that God is watching over it, every time I'm looking through their names, God can talk to me. He says, okay, this person... Pray for this person. And I'll call the person. There are people here like that. They will just, like last camp, there's somebody here. She had decided that she would not come for camp. All of a sudden, as I was going through my phone, I saw the person's name. Holy Ghost, they call the person. As I called the person, why are you not coming for camp? Eh, pastor. Eh, this. Eh, pain, 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 pain. I said, carry your things. When she finished, she said, thank you. Faithful. We'll be doing Instagram live. I said, I'm going to have three days program, Instagram live, called three, three, three days of open heavens. Three days program on Instagram live. How many people were online? 90. It was even good. The publicity we did. When we went to Nigeria this year, one of the people, one of the people who was on from South Africa, she came around. She was mentioning memories. She said, oh, those times, we will pray, getting ready for those three days of open heavens. Faithful, faithful, faithful. You will see when we are getting ready for the. It's as though ah, God is God is amazing. It's as though we are coming to do some World Cup. We'll be arranging the chair. Okay, they put the lights here. Then Mark, Mark, Mark is an expert in making joining wires. And he'll be joining wires. It was God who was keeping us because anything could have caught fire. Because the wires they are joining. You will see Bob, Bob. Uh, they are joining wires. Go. We need have ring lights and all those things. Joining wires, we'll be sitting down. I'll be preaching, be preaching, preaching online. How many are watching on face, Facebook Live? Three people don't just arrive at the top, God increases the authority because of their faithfulness. Be a faithful person. Are you listening? Be a faithful person. Be faithful to what God has asked you to do. Don't think it is not important. If you don't do anything yourself, go and see your solidarity. What can we do? If your cell leader is a visionary, he will give you something to do. Because souls have not finished. So, same Luke chapter 16. We'll, we'll go from verse 9. And I'll end with faithfulness. 
So he said, and I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive into everlasting habitations. Verse 10. So three faithfulness that God is looking at. Three kinds of faithfulness God is looking at. Number one, faithful in little. That's what he's saying in verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Say, so he that is unjust in the least, he unjust also in much. Oh, me, I've intentionally said, I've intentionally, I intentionally don't do things like faithful, like I'm just, I intentionally don't do those things in church. Like, I know that, like, when I'm serious, I will do it. You are lying. You are lying. No, no, no. Me, I'm intentionally not doing it. Oh, me, I can really, really do it. I'm intentionally not doing it. Please, intentionally do it. Eh? He said, he that is faithful in little is also faithful in much. The word of God can be broken. He said, the one who is faithful in little. The one who is faithful in little. How do we know your faithfulness? Your fruitfulness. My first fellowship leader. When, when, he, when he became my fellowship leader, we were all friends. We were all friends in the fellowship. Then our leader went to school. So he now became the leader. Because he had served under the leader for a while. Let me say something. Faithful people, listen now. Faithful people always escape trouble. Let me tell you why. Let me show you why. When Moses had gone to be with God in the cloud, you will see three locations now. Moses was in the cloud with God. The children of Israel were in ecstasy and excitement, making themselves a God. The only person who escaped that thing was Joshua. Why? Because he was following Moses. The day the trouble came, Joshua is not that. Aaron was a priest. He should have been doing that. But Joshua, the little boy, was just faithful. He that is faithful in least. I said, people don't just arrive at the top. All right. Look at it. So I said, the first one is the one who is faithful in least. Faithful in much. God told them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. He said, I will not give you the land at once. He said, lest the beast of the field multiply against thee. That means God will always check the little. You always start with little. Because he wants to check something. Because you don't know what it means to handle the match you are talking about. Oh, I'm going to be a CEO of a big company. Then you handle four staff and see something. Have four staff and see something. Then you will know that to wish greatness is a laughable matter. Some pastors came from around the country and they entered our church. So, a city. City. I'm going to have a church like this. I'm going to have a church like this. Oh. Are you ready to stay after service for three hours? People telling you problem, big and small. So that's very simple. There are some other things I cannot see. Big boys have big boy problems. So why do you have to go from little to little? Because by the time you are going from little to little, you would have developed capacity for what comes. Because what he's telling them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 is that he says, if I give you the land at once, he said, the beast of the field will overpower you. He said, they will multiply against you. That means there are challenges with big things. There are challenges with big things. Some challenges will arise because it's big. So that means you have developed capacity for those challenges before you arrive there. Faithful little. Point number two, verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the rich, true riches? Second faithfulness, be faithful with money. He called it unrighteous mammon. Faithful in unrighteous mammon. Be faithful with money. <laughs> be faithful with money. Don't waste money. You have a thousand cities. And the hair you want to buy is 989. And you still bought it. And calling it the grace of God. That God wants us to enjoy our life. God wants to... God is not part of that thing. God is not among. 
It is better to wear synthetic wig now and wear the real one later than to wear the real one now and wear the synthetic later because we'll still laugh at you. <laughs> if we say, we are coming to this service, we are going to dress powerfully. Powerful doesn't mean expensive. Go to Kant. Pick a shirt. Iron it nicely. Wear it nicely. It is better to dress like that and give your seed than to use your seed, wear your seed on your body. Because some people are wearing their tights. So the devourer is attached to their body. <laughs> <laughs> the devourer is attached to their body. Anywhere they are going, the devourer <laughs> is with them. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, he said, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. That means God did not cause the fruitfulness until there was a man to manage the system. You manage well to grow big. You don't grow big to manage well. Be faithful with money. There are some givings you want to make. You have to cut expenditure. I wanted to give God my first 3,000 Ghana city. I was in uni. I used to take taxi. Within that space of time, I wanted to give that money. I stopped taking taxi. Why? I was saving the money to give. I was saving the money. I had a susu box. I dropped coins. Drop coins. By the time I came to check it one day, it was up to what I wanted to give. And I gave it. And the blessing, the blessing. There are some seeds you can give them in installments, so you must give it together. Is that scriptural? Yes. Check the forest that you drop a seed every one week. And the land that you drop all your seeds together. They are not the same. They don't grow the same. You are making your givings. You are also making investments. You are also tithing. The money you are holding is not too small. Just manage it well. He said, if you are not faithful in the righteous mammon, in, in the unrighteous mammon, he said, nobody will commit to you the true riches. There are some people in the house of God, they never give for anything. You are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon. It costs money, unrighteous mammon. So we use the unrighteous mammon to buy the true riches. What is the true riches? Light, wisdom, understanding. There are some things that you're giving does for you that you never know. God never commits revelation to non-givers. When the scripture says that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he also said that he will open the windows of heaven. The windows of heaven, according to the scriptures, are the eyes of your understanding. There are things givers see that stingy people will never see. I would say the secret of God is with them that love him. That means God confides in people who love him. God's his, his revelations come to give us. And it starts with a little. Be faithful in the unrighteous mammon. The fact that you've seen somebody wearing a suit of a certain, a certain stature. Now, there, are some, there are some suits I even never wear. There are some suits I never wear. Why? Because if I wear it, the level I am, it will, it will be a mismatch. You understand? I've seen Pastor Chris wearing this one. Let me try to go and wear it. Some people are wear white suits like Pastor Chris. And you see them, they're looking like rats that has fallen into water. The suit is more expensive than his spirit. When I was pastoring in Holiday Inn, I never wore suits. Because what's the point? What's the point in preaching to 30 people with... 
And I'm wearing a suit that is more expensive than the whole. I'll come to the church, I will preach. No suit. I started wearing a suit and to Best Western. And I explained it to them. I said, now, we are more. You, the members of the church will like that when they invite someone to church, their pastor looks nice. So, we are not dressing for cruise. It's a working gear. A great man of God. Very rich. He went to a boutique. And they said, oh, because they know he's very rich, they were trying to sell to him the most expensive things there. Brought him a suit of $10,000. When they brought him, he said, who's looking for me? He said, is there nobody looking for him for him to wear that? He rather bought books. Faithful in a righteous mama. Faithful in a righteous mama. When it comes to money, know how to say no. You are saving money to give. Someone comes to ask you, lend me money. If you don't want to lose your friend, give what you can dash. I hope you understood me. Someone says that he or she needs 1,000 Ghana City. You, what you have in your account is 1,005. So you know that you also need a 1,000. Even though the person has promised you heaven and earth to pay back, give the one you can dash. When you check the 1,005 you have, you say, I can give you 500 Ghana City. And I'll add prayers to it. Someone else will give you the one. If you can afford to give the person the 1,000, go ahead. And I said, give what you can dash. So if you have 20,000, you say, oh, I can give you the 1,000. That's fine. As God increases you, you'll be able to help more people. But don't play God. You'll be poor. Don't play God. Don't try to be God for everybody. You will be poor. God will take you out of the way. Because you cannot be God for some people. There are some people, they become so dependent on you, you become their God. Is it that God takes those people away from you? Or God will make you broke? You cannot play God. The jealousy of God is a real thing. Your giving to the kingdom is what defines you. It's what defines you. That is where you gain the stature to help more people. Because if you don't gain stature to help more people and you help more people, both of you will now be weak. Are you getting it? Take away money from the system. Let's say all rich men, all poor men, they are taking everybody's money away. Let's all start afresh. The rich will still be rich. Because they are not rich because they have money. They are rich because of stature. It's inside. I'll come to that. It's also, it's also another virtue. It's called valuability. Increase your value more than you put food in your stomach. The bodyguard of Nana Kufado is bigger than him. He can beat him up. But then if you beat him up, you lose his daily bread. The other one is not as big as him, but he's there because of his value. And the value is inherent. It's nobody. Faithful in the righteous mama. The third one. So are you seeing how important money is to God? Jesus Christ performed a miracle, fed 5,000 people. They were leftovers. Jesus Christ should have said, I'm the God of grace. I'm the God of grace. Let the food be everywhere. No, he said, gather the, he said, gather the fragments that nothing be lost. God does not like waste. The last place that wasted God's grace, that was the last time they saw God's blessing. I hope somebody say, no waste, no waste, no waste. Any pastor, any apostle who says he has a grace for money, Go and check it. They also have financial intelligence. Because every grace comes with this wisdom, pack, wisdom package. It's the manual that comes with the grace. Pastor Biggie gives millions of, of dollars in a year. Millions of dollars in a year. Yet go and stand in front of him and go and tell him that, uh, that your auntie's leg has broken. So you should give you $500,000. He will go with you to the hospital to go and see the auntie's leg broken. He's not ready to throw away money. Because he's a who accounts for it. He's a steward. That is why, because of this principle, that is why somebody started not much money. But as he kept being faithful and giving, 
being faithful and giving. He's now giving more. He's now giving more. At a time, at a point in time in this zone, I was number 300 and something. I was number 300 and something. At the time, I was 100 and something. At the same time, I was 70 something. One time, I was 50 something. Until I was number 8. Until I became number 1. Faithful in a righteous mama. Faithful in a righteous mama. How can I wear clothes that the price is more expensive than the money I've given to God? <laughs> I'm not faithful. I'm faithful to myself. The dress I'm wearing is $1,000. Yet my last seed to God is $200. Everybody will see, oh, you're looking beautiful. You're looking good. You're looking great. You're looking nice. But God is looking at you. You're not faithful. He'll never increase you. Never increase you. The last you are having is the last you have. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithful in the unrighteous mammon. He says, when you are faithful in the righteous mammon, something will happen. He will commit to you the true riches. That means this money you are having is not the true riches. That is the unrighteous mammon. But when you are faithful in it, God says he will give you the true riches. The true riches is not money, but that's what produces the money. All of a, all of a sudden, a certain amplitude of comprehension, a certain ability, wisdom to handle certain things will just come to you. And it will come with the money. True riches. The third one. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's own, who shall have given you that which is your own? A major problem in the generation. People can die for what is this. What is this? They can never die for that which is another man's own. And that's where God tests it. This is Jesus Christ speaking. You're not the leader of the choir. You're a member of the choir. You're not faithful because you're a member. If you were the leader, you would be faithful. If you were the leader, you would come early. But because someone is the one leading it. Why? You want his leadership, his turn of leadership to fail. What is watching it? Another man's business. Let me tell you, it's a common thing that is said. People are crying about unemployment, yet when you see how they behave when they get to work, they should be unemployed. This is a business owner. He says, so true. They should be unemployed because they don't have virtues in their life. They don't have virtues in their life. They are just there for the salary. They didn't come to build themselves. Not faithful to another man's own. Some people can never save. Growing up, I saw, you know, my mom is sitting here. Growing up, I saw my mom, you know, take people to come and live with, her, with us to save. Oh, character. Terrible characters. You have come to stay with somebody, you are pregnant. Hey, now, is that... No, no, you have come to stay with somebody, you to save. But you were in the village before. You have come to stay with somebody. All of a sudden, you have a boyfriend two streets away. Faithful. Faithful in another man's own. The company is not for you, but you come early. If it was your own, you would not treat it like that. Then God said, if you are not faithful in another man's own, he said, who shall commit to you? Who can commit to your own? Who shall give you your own? Who shall give you your own? That means you will never have your own. And if you have your own, it will collapse. You know some people, they will steal money from their boss and go and start a business of their same. Steal money from your boss. God destroyed that business. I said, I saw a lot of things with my mom when I was growing up. She was doing a business. She brought in a certain woman to come and work with her. I don't know if she remembers. A certain woman to come and work with her. The woman will use her equipment and ingredients 
to go and do her own. And at the end of the day, to come and give accounts, give some small account, her own is booming. But you, at least, even if you are doing that, buy your own equipment and ingredients and do it. You are using her ingredients and equipment. What kind of... If I become a cell leader, everybody will hear of me. I was there, I will collect awards. Cell leader. When I was an assistant fellowship leader years ago, I was an assistant fellowship leader before. See, this thing, you have to come from somewhere. Any pastor who arrived from nowhere is very dangerous. <laughs> I'm looking for John the Baptist. <laughs> I was assistant fellowship leader. Now, this was the, the, the difficult part. I was more eloquent than my fellowship leader. I was somewhat bolder than my fellowship leader. I was more knowledgeable than him. And I was more charismatic than him. He was very quiet. He always says that he used to be quiet, timid, and fearful. So when we get anywhere we are supposed to preach, he will say, talk, talk, talk. Say, okay? So I felt like I'm a fellowship leader. Like, I felt like they should just give him a fellowship. Like, I'm really done with these guys. Like, when we go anywhere, there's, there's a sick person. He will tell me, lay hands. I will lay hands and the person will be, ah. See, the thing is me. It's me. This fellowship is not for me. It will not be standing. <laughs> Guess what? One day he was going to have an outreach. It was a fellowship outreach. And fellowship outreach, yeah, it's not a fellowship that will preach. It's a fellowship that will preach. He wore white suit. I wore white suit. I'm wondering what I was thinking. As long as I converted his position, I never became a fellowship leader. Until God began to talk to me. He said, Jesus Christ didn't say the one who always stand in front of people will be great. He said, the one who will serve is the one who will be great. I began to love him. I began to serve him. I began to do what he says. I love him so much, I didn't want to separate from him. That was when God now took me. You will come sometimes. You know, and God had to break me. That, that breaking had to happen. God had to break me. One, one time I bought a certain book, Healing from Heaven. It was the first edition, Healing from Heaven. And both of us really liked things about healing and all that. So I, we all loved the book. So the book was there. I bought one. He didn't. Remember, both of us liked things about healing. So we all wanted to have the book. So I went to, I went to the house and that day I was washing dishes. I was washing dishes, yeah. yeah I was washing dishes. I was washing the dishes. I couldn't wait to finish washing the dishes and go and read the book. I, I, was, I was so hyped up for the book. I was just washing the dishes, getting ready to read the book. God said, and I was staying at Adabraka. He was staying at Caprice. God said, go and give the book to him. Imagine that you cannot wait to finish washing a, 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 your, your dishes to go and read a book. Then God says, go and take the book. Don't read it. Go and take the book. Go and give it to him. I said, okay, God, I'll read it. Then I went. God said, no, go and give it to him now. Get it? Don't get it. Forget about it. I took the book. I did not have transport to take a, a car to Capri, so walking. I started walking. I passed through circle. I went past Boomerang. I entered his house. I said, Bishop, because I should give you this book. He said. When the service closed and he couldn't buy the book, he prayed, he said, Father, I received this book before the day ends today. 
Obi Abon Empire. Listen, when I gave the book to him, when I turned around, I broke down in tears. I knelt down. I cried. Because I knew that I had broken. I had broken. But I, I, I think at that time I had attained full service, love, loyalty for my leader. We were friends, remember, before he became a leader, my leader. One day, I came to church. I saw him. I'm not saying you should do that. I saw him. He was not wearing belts. I was wearing belts. I really didn't give it to him. I said, sir, please wear my belt. I wear my belt. There are things you will do in your life in faithfulness, service. These are virtues. These are not shouting and jumping. You will do these things. God will just be looking at you. Then God will cause people who ever come to you to love you like that. And to be loyal to you like that. Your future is still very big. Sow the right seeds. Have the right foundation. Be a faithful person. Be faithful in that which is little. Be faithful in the righteous mammon. Be faithful in that which is another man's own. God will give you all. Virtue number two. <laughs> I remember a song we used to sing in SS. In a cappella group. In moments like this. In moments like this. In moments like this. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song to the Lord. In moments like this. In moments like this, I will sing a new song to the Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you. Singing, 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 Now, the Bible usually uses loyalty and faithfulness interchangeably, but they are not really like that. There's a little difference. There's a slight difference. Like I said, faithfulness is fruitfulness. So let me define loyalty for you in the context of the subject. Loyalty is sticking to a course in unconditional love. Sticking and staying with the cause in unconditional love. Psalm 78 verse 8. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. That is loyalty. Whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Talk about people whose spirits are steadfast with God. Loyal to God. People think loyalty or talking about loyalty is manipulation. That's your business. 
If it is not scripture, I will not talk about it. There is loyalty. Well, Ruth said to Naomi, Thy people shall be my people. Where thou diest, I will die. Loyalty. The man of God, Pastor Chris, said, Loyalty is a virtue. It will not come by prayers. Come loyal to a cause. Come loyal. Let everybody know that if they gossip about your leader in your presence, you will be the one to say it. Like you should have that reputation. You think it's a bad thing. Have that reputation. Except you are, that, you are in that place to be a spy. But have that reputation that, hey, we cannot say this thing. This person should go and tell, we went and tell the person. We went and tell him. We went and tell our son leader. We went and tell him. We went. Have that reputation. Joseph was a sellout. Don't let anybody make you think sellout is wrong. Joseph was a sellout. He went, his brothers were doing the wrong thing. He went to tell his father. He was a sellout. So he was beloved of his father. It is more important eh, to be beloved of your father than to be beloved of your brothers. So people are rather beloved of their brothers. Like everybody knows that, oh, like this person. No, it's better to be beloved of your father than to be beloved of your, of your brothers. Your brothers cannot help you. So father, who can help you? Loyal. Can I shock you? Most wars, most wars have been lost because of disloyal people. Check it. Trojan horse. There was a spy inside. And the devil's strategy, especially if the devil realizes that like the people are organized, the people are formidable, and the people you cannot bring them down, he has to get somebody inside. How did they get Jesus? So every time in a congregation, every time in a people, the devil is looking at planting somebody in there. It's either the devil, the devil sends somebody to be in there or he's looking for someone who is weak. They start giving the person thoughts. They're going to bring division into this church, okay? Then it will come like harmless thoughts. So, so right now, tell me, tell me, why is Pastor not going black, black? If he's not using something, tell us. He's using something. How? How can a young boy like this, you come and you say, be healed, Pastor? Oh, I beg. beg, beg. They are doing something in that church. They do something in that church. Why is that in the night, then people will gather around him? Where are they taking offering box to? Where are they taking offering box to? Our offering is inside. Why are they taking offering box to? Somebody wrote on Twitter, the day he stopped coming to see why it was when he heard someone had given title of $200. Ah, dear, ah. He said, we church that. We church that. How if you give $200 for that? I know they like any pressure. Ah. Now my issue was that, is it the $200? Can I tell you the real title? <laughs> Have you realized that ever since we moved to UPS, Pastor Enoch has been Wearing different colors of suits. No, when Best was wasting, he was very humble. When Best was he'll be wearing vest, you know, wearing suit that was not even fitting him. But now, since we moved into UPSA, different colors of suits. He's been wearing those suits. Oh, that means he has been using the offering to buy suits. One must be careful about these pastors of, the, of late. Shining suits. 
See their words. See their sweet person. Enoch was swearing. Oh. One million copies. He took some of the money and bought the suit. If I took some of the money out of the money, how will we get the award? The award is a proof that I presented all the money. And we took the rhapsody. That's it. Then the devil will be sowing, sowing, sowing things in your mind. And you know what? Such people never like to think what they are thinking alone. <laughs> the next stage, I'm telling you the different stages. One, they are thinking it. Two, they must recruit. <laughs> they must recruit members and have disloyalty cell and create factions in the church. According to Acts chapter 2, if the people did not speak one language and they were not of one accord, the spirit will never come down. So anytime you want to see a disorganization and non-performance of God in the congregation, go to a place where they are divided. God never moves there. So the devil knows. So every time he's looking for somebody to start the division. Cancel every division. Every division spirit. Because here, when we say pneumatic and everybody's face is there. When we say a million copies, everybody's face is there. Everybody's attention is there. That's how we get things done. Because God loves it. He said, how good, Psalm 133, from verse 1. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Unity! You go anywhere, you are sitting on a plane, you hear somebody say, oh, so last time I was in CYC, say, oh, yeah, CYC, oh, oh, yeah, 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 CYC, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, oh, now it's many churches, so, oh, which, which of the churches, which of the churches? What says, oh, the person says, oh, church for, oh, lost army, oh, lost army. I, I, I like that. I, just, I remember I think gospel, gospel was on a flight, and he met somebody. They were all going to UK. And the person said, oh, yeah, he's now in CYC. I was like, oh, yeah, he was, the person was sitting next to him. That means it's going to be conversations of the righteous. It is good for brethren to dwell together in unity. Don't like those things. And now this one has stepped on my leg. Now this one has pulled my ears. This one said that my wig is not nice. Yeah, I cannot come to, to, I, can, I cannot come to her worst night because the, the, the people are going to wear glitters and, and just go to where them evangelists and buy his glitters. People are going to wear this one. Me, I cannot match. I cannot match. Who is asking you to match? You have a competition mindset. That's your problem. Go to Kant. Buy the one you can wear. Glitters are everywhere. Wear the one you can wear and, and, and wear it nicely and confidently. Nobody's going to look at anybody. Right now, you can't, there's no even difference between the designers and the, this one. Except you come and show me the tag. Nobody knows. So wear what you want to wear. Loyalty. Stickability to a cause. Learn to stay with things. Nobody needs your loyalty when everything is going well. You understand? Anybody can stay with what is going well. You troll us, we are moved. You say anything bad about it, you are moved. I had a meeting with the solidarity and we discussed some matter. Later, I went to think about it. I'm like, ah, if you are Barcelona and you go to England and you go and play with a school teammate, can you say that you have beaten the whole England? They understand what I've just said. The soldiers understand what I've just said. If you are Barcelona, you go to England and you go and play with a school team. Oh, soldiers, you don't understand what I'm saying. 
if you go to if Barcelona, you go to England, you want to play a team, go and see Premier League. They will give you the team to play with. Shaka by in this. We are full of the Holy Ghost. That's who we are. I always defend my people. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times. That means, that's what I was saying about loyalty. Unconditional love. Love it at all times. When it is good, still loving you. When it is bad, still loving you. Say, friend, love it at all times. That's what loyalty is. Love it at all times. Very unconditional. It's a virtue that you need to develop. You need to add to your faith. Learn to stick to something. You cannot attend certain churches. There are pastors and there is your pastor. You need to come to that place where it is no longer the church. It is our church. It's our church. And a lot of people don't understand things like that. That's why they can come and just leave at any time. That's not it. If you know that God brought you there, there's a reason God brought you there. You have to fulfill the reason God brought you there. It's our church. That church we are going to build is not for me. You see? Oh, I love the Lord. I'm loyal to God. I'm loyal to God. I'm loyal to God. In the time of adversity, I'm loyal to God. In the time of abundance and plenty, I'm still loyal to God. And I praise him. I love him. Loyalty. Loyalty. All right. I'll give you the last. Have you learned something? So you know what you're going to do, right? The third one. The second one is loyalty. The last one I'll add to it is valuability. Increasing your value. Increase your value. The Bible says that the labor of the fool wearieth every one of them. The labor of the fool wearieth every one of them. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I think. The labor of the fool wearieth every one of them. He said, because he knows not how to go to the city. The labor of the fool wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15. That means... If the person is a fool, if the person is a fool, if the person labors, 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 you are not going to count how long he has labored. Once he is a fool, his labor will weary him because he's a fool. So it's not a labor that's being accepted, but his person is making him tired. That means if he does not have wisdom, all his labor will be in vain. That's a lot of people Working very hard, but their labor is in vain. Why? Because they have not caught how to go to the city. Value. Adding value to yourself. That's one of the things education has done for us. It has increased our value. We can critically analyze things. We can think of things differently. It has added to our value. So, keep adding value to yourself. Spiritually. Mentally. And sometimes physically. Because if you want to be a bodyguard, it doesn't matter how, how much zeal you have. Do you understand? Zeal is not enough. You say, I want to be a bodyguard. Please, make me a bouncer. But then you look like me. That you need a job is not, is not the, the thing. You need the value that is required to be a bouncer. So my friend, you just go to the gym, you go and lift things. When you gain some little muscle, you go and stand over there. That's the value you require to be there. So you keep increasing your value. Before, you knew two scriptures. Now, you know 15 scriptures. Now, you, need, you know 30 scriptures. 
If they tell you to quote 30 of head, you can quote 30 of head. All you don't know is that you have increased your value. You have increased your sharpness, valuability. We're going to look at how do you increase your value? Number one, through knowledge. Through knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge. Grace and peace through the knowledge. Anytime you know something more, you have more grace. I've told you about the mystery of light. When you say that, when people say that, when light comes on, darkness immediately disappears. It is true and it is not true. People say when light comes on, darkness immediately goes. It is true and it is not true. Why? Because you can be in a very dark place that one touch light cannot light the whole place. So there are different lights. If you want to light a place that is very dark, you will need a sufficient amount of light to light the whole place. And another reason why one light coming on cannot light the whole place is that some rooms are, have compartments. That there can be enough light in the hall and there's no light in the bedroom. So the fact that you have put the light on in the hall doesn't mean that there will be light in the bedroom. So when you put on the light in the hall, you have to also put on the light in the bedroom. So you can have light on one situation which will not suffice for the other. So you know something about this, also know something about that. So the moment a new knowledge comes to you, you have stepped away one more time, one step away from ignorance, of being an ignorant person. So you keep learning. You keep, you are ever learning. Always knowing new things. And we have a teacher called the Holy Spirit who teaches us things. When you work with God, you are taught things. Know things about your business. A dear sister, one of our, our partners, she, she made a major, major giving. After that major giving, she got into a serious crisis. Then I, we, I, I, I called her, I spoke to her. When I looked at it, I could have immediately said, oh, this is a spiritual attack. No, but when I started questioning her, when I started questioning her, she prayed for the funds to have the capital. Yet, her knowledge of the business was not sufficient. So she got into crisis. That you have prayed is not enough. That's the reason why there are some monies you will pray for God will never give you. When you worry, 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 he'll give you and you realize that you actually don't know much about what you want to do. A young man came to me. You have not been making sales. You were having some challenges in your business. Let's, let's look at something. Having some challenges in your business. You make shoes. You make shoes. Yes, sir. You are having some challenges in your business. Yes, please. So he came to the office. Did I pray for you? Hmm? What did I say go and do? You taught me a lot to go and do some inquiries. Get back to you. Those, all those things are things you have to just learn. And before then, you were not making sales. Not sure. Are you making sales now? Yes, please. Okay. Then I sent you to who? Frank. I sent you to Brother Frank. I said, go. Business consultancy. Go. Go and learn. Did he teach you? A lot, sir. Eh? A lot. He taught you a lot. So, the fact that you were in church didn't mean that you would know it. And because of that, you're not making sales. So, you can bind and cast and not know. Now, let's take it a step further. You make shoes. Yes. And I can, trust me, I wear some of his shoes. To show you that he makes very beautiful shoes. Because there's also another virtue, but I will not talk about it today. It's called timeliness. <laughs> There are many things you lose because you did them at the wrong time. Hey, 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 hey. Jesus Christ came to Peter after the third hour. I said, don't worry. Everything that will happen has happened already. That means if you start praying right now, you have wasted the time. There was a time for Peter to pray. You don't have every time. There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. You tell somebody, finish this thing in the next one hour. The person will bring one hour, 15 minutes. What are you thinking? 
My people know me. If you bring things, if you, if you do that, you, I don't even want to see yourself. Timeliness. What is a target without a time gauge? There's no point. So, for example, when I have a program, I start praying ahead. Why? Because I need to know what will it take me. Most of my programs takes me about two days, three days to finish conquering in the spirit. The major programs, not, not the minor ones. The major ones will take me two, three days to finish conquering in the spirit. Pneumatic and I took me five days. So imagine I was thinking I'll use three days again. Time will beat me. So when I want to do things like that, I want to pray about things like that, I start on time because I don't have every time. So, valuability. Then the fourth one, timeliness. Time will not permit me to, um, to mention all those scriptures that are associated with the valuability and timeliness. What a camp it has been. These things I've taught you, they will go with you. They will go with you. At this point in time, I want to pray for ourselves and what we do for in the house of God. I want to pray for yourself. I want to pray for your church. What you do in the house of God. Because this 2022, God must use you. Strength for the work. Strength for the work. He said, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. People don't just do exploits. They must first be strong. 